0: Hi everyone. Today we have a really exciting episode. In this episode, I interview one of my friends, Calypso Castaneris. Her and I met via the internet and we have so much in common and a lot of the similar views about how the universe works and a lot of the similar a lot of similar views about like the spiritual spiritual community and stuff like that. So in this episode, we have a wonderful conversation where Calypso Discusses how and why she left structured religion and then how she started becoming a psychic medium and developing her abilities, and eventually how she started being able to communicate with actual extra, extraterrestrials, so and UFOs. So it's really cool, very interesting, and I hope you enjoy the episode. You are the universe. You are that which created the universe, and you are everything in the universe. You are infinite consciousness having a human experience, and you get to have a life that is one of joy, peace, and abundance. My name is Karina, I am your host, and you are listening to Beyond Stardust. everyone welcome back to beyond stardust. Today we have a very special guest. I'd like to introduce you guys to my friend Calypso Castaneras. And I'm just going to have her tell us a little bit about herself. Well, thank you so
1: much Karina. I'm so excited about doing this with you and that we're making this important connection, you know, podcast or so. Uh, so important these days because people have a lot of time in their cars, and you know they're out exercising. And what are they doing? Listening to podcasts. And so we're spreading a, an important message. You have an important message, and I, I think it's fantastic. So thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Well, I'm uh, my name's Calypso castaneris I'm a psychic medium living here in Southern California. Um, I began my awakening a little over three years ago, uh, leaving, and I was a, um, a very devout Catholic. So I had a huge awakening. <laughs> um, I'm also a hypnotherapist, and I'm really, really um, motivated to help people uh, to learn how to maneuver through life, giving them um you know, some knowledge that helped me along my way, you know, dropping out of a lot of um, rigid belief systems, fear-based belief systems, and just helping people day by day maneuver through life to find their joy and their happiness and to, and help them to learn that, that um, we can create an amazing reality for ourselves.
0: Yes, I agree. I love that. (laughs) And so can you tell us a little bit about how you got into how, with the transition from being kind of in you know a structured religion to getting into being more spiritual under you know becoming a psychic medium and some of the other stuff that you do
1: yeah I mean it came just out of the blue really i I, I would have never thought in a million years I'd be here where I am today I um I grew up religious. I mean, I shouldn't say religious. I grew up in a household that believed in God and, and Jesus and followed the 10 commandments. My parents were not very religious, but we did attend church now and then my mom did love the Bible. She read it all the time. And I grew up knowing the Bible, you know? Yeah. And um, then my mom passed away. And of course my teenage years, we all kind of go astray from whatever belief system usually, you know, and, um, And we find our own way, you know. And and in my early adult years, when I, you know, was starting to have my children, I wanted to instill in them, you know, a, um, you know, the golden rule, you know, just kind of get back into religion, get them, you know, I felt like I was doing something really good for them by taking them to church and all of that. And um, they hated it, of course. (laughs) put them in Christian schools and everything. And then I, I had, uh, in my thirties, I had a, I, um, I, had another type of an awakening, I guess, if you want to call that I was practicing seventh day Adventist. Um, I picked up that religion when my, after my mom passed away and it was the religion that my sister was into and she was the one that was taking care of me when my mom passed. And so I, you know, I incorporated those beliefs and it was the Seventh-day Adventist church that I was a part of. And, um, and, um, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> I had something uh, happen where I just all of a sudden one day realized that the belief system in that religion didn't add up. And before you knew it, I was thinking, okay, well, I've almost felt like a person without a country, you know? I I didn't know what I believed in anymore. Um, And so I just kind of uh, got really angry. And then I said, well, I'm just going to go to the dark side. (laughs) (laughs) And I dabbled in a little witchcraft. And I was not ready for that because... I was dealing with the shame of it. You know, there was such a program going on in my mind that going from Christianity and dabbling in witchcraft was something very negative, very evil. And so on a, I would almost say a subconscious level, um, uh, I felt a lot of shame. Um, and then I, I have to say, I think I believe, I believe I had some sort of an attack from an archon, um, I'm still trying to wonder, I'm still wondering about the the type of attack that I occurred, but I'm just gonna, for the sake of this um, uh, you know, your podcast and not going on too much. but I, I believe it was an archon, what a lot of people might say a demonic attack. okay, And it filled my mind with a lot of negative beliefs. It was almost like I was almost suicidal. Uh, but I was very quiet. I mean, I, I held it all in. You know, it was the thoughts that I was having. It was almost like a psychic attack. And, and then I, um, I think it was my spirit guides and my higher self that really helped me at that time. Uh, and it happened, it was going on for a couple of weeks. And then I, I said to myself, I've got to get my mind on something else to try to avoid these bad thoughts that I was getting, you know, attacked
0: with. So can you, before you go further, can you just explain a little bit what an archon is? Is it like a demon entity or I I have no idea? Yeah, it
1: is. I mean, everything is a different label depending on what your belief system is. Christian religion would call call it like a demonic attack. New age tends to call them archons and what they are, they're lower, they're, they're an entity or an energy. Um, Um. I would say an entity, they, they reside in the fourth dimension, not in our physical realm. Obviously Um, they, they attack people when their vibration drops really low people that are struggling. Like I said, I was struggling with shame, guilt, Um, you know, uh, people that fall into deep addiction, uh, depression, all kinds of, you know, depending on your, your vibration. And I really believe it's the vibration and I'll explain why in a second, but they go on the attack and attack. this is where we see people that have had demonic possessions, like almost something has entered their body and they sometimes never, they don't remember. Sometimes it can be suicidal thoughts. Um, you know, and they feed off that energy. It's like they just kind of attack you. Right. And I know it's according to vibration. And I learned this later after my awakening was that I was trying to get out of those negative thought patterns. And so I said, I'm going to start sewing some purses because I, I loved sewing, broke out my sewing machine. I started sewing some purses. Then I took them to this little uh, mom and pop shops in my area. And I asked them if they would like to carry my purses in their shop. And they loved them. And, and I was so excited. And that was me creating. It gave me um, self-confidence and my skills as, as, a you know, making these things. I was excited. It started a business for me. And before I knew it, that those negative thoughts completely stopped altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I didn't put two and two together until I had my awakening and I un- started to understir- understand about our vibration and our energy yeah. and um, how it's almost like our immune system. When our immune system is healthy and functioning at a really good level, uh, we're, we're feeling vibrant. And when our immune system is very low, we're susceptible to things, sicknesses, yes. things, and so it is with the archons. I, I, that's what I truly believe, um, and I haven't had a problem since. And, and then, um, so after that time period, I, I, th- I decided I was going to be Catholic, and that was going. Um, that was also going to the dark side because in the seventh day adventist religion the catholic um church is almost like uh going completely going to the dark side you know they they their their belief system is um uh believing that the catholic church is the whore of babylon and oh, wow. um, ri- you know uh, run sa- satanically and all of that wow. and so i I took six years studying that religion before I actually jumped in and officially became a Catholic. My home looked like a library. (laughs) It takes nine years to be a priest, and I uh, studied for six years, so I could almost go toe-to-toe with a priest on the theology of it. Wow. And then I made the, the plunge, and I was a Catholic for about 10 years, and I loved every second of it. But, and I was very devout. I would go to confession, which a lot of Catholics do not. And I, I was very traditional, you know? Yeah. And, um, and then one day my husband and I were out and about and we were going to antique stores and just enjoying one another, you know, on the weekend. And I said, oh, it's time to go. You know, it's almost like Cinderella. I have to go now. (laughs) And I said to him, I said, well, it's time for me to go. I think you better drive me home so I can go to mass because my husband is not religious. Um, and so he's like, why don't you just stay today? You know, we're having so much fun. Why don't you stay? He, and I was like, oh, God. And I didn't. The reason I hesitated with that was because it's a mortal sin to not go to mass and you could lose your soul. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I thought, oh God, now I'm going to have to go to confession. And I said, you know what? I said, you're right. I'm just not going to go. I'll be okay. And, and, you know, I, I, I was rationalizing in my mind that God would, would be okay with it because I'm with my husband and we're, we're, we love each other and we're having a good time. And one thing led to another and the next weekend I didn't go again. Yeah. And, um, and then I, I fell into fear, of course, and I started going on YouTube and I started researching a ton of videos on near-death experiences. And the reason I did that was because I thought, well, what better person to learn from than somebody who's died and actually gone to the other side? <laughs> right. <And laughs> I thought, okay, I'm going to keep listening, keep listening. And I must have listened to hundreds. And this is how it happens when I get my... Uh, I get on something, I, you know, become a research junkie and I listened to hundreds of cases and articles and testimonies and books. And I had found the overwhelming evidence was that when people transition, transition to the other side, that um, they were not being judged. The only person judging them was themselves. Yeah. And yes, there were cases that people had a very bad experience where they felt like they were in hell. And they often come back and start warning everybody. There are those cases, but um, there's a famous website and I'm sorry, I don't know the name of it, but they, um, they deal with this and they, they did the statistics on it. And it was overwhelming. Over 85% said that there was no hell, that it's not, you're not being judged. And an overwhelming number said they, they understood that they had multiple lives and, um, and so that intrigued me very much so. And um, I, I got out of the fear, you know, I got out of my fear.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, and I started dabbling a little bit, I shouldn't say dabble because that's almost like a, a bad connotation. But I, 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 I thought, I'm going to learn something about Buddhism, because it oh, dealt with the mind, yeah. yeah. It dealt with the mind and how to overcome a lot of thought patterns that many people have, you know. Yeah. And I found it so peaceful and everything. And I, I, I followed the Dalai Lama, and I was just opening up, you know. Yeah. I was getting out of the rigid belief system and opening myself up. Um, to uh, new ideas and new beliefs. And that's really important because that's where we find the magic in our life is when we're not falling into rigid belief systems and we're open to exploring and and understanding there's so much out there that that we may want to research to see if it resonates with us. Right. So a little bit after that, I, um, I, I, um, oh, that <laughs> I have to go back a little bit. Yeah. And and then I learned about Reiki, of course, and I was practicing Ayurveda, an ancient Indian holistic way of living. And, um, and so I learned about Reiki and yeah. that's when I, uh, th- this is, this is when I, f- I was fully coming into my own as someone spiritually, I feel spiritually awakening and, um, being guided by my heart and, and, and then I so much wanted to learn about how energy worked and how, uh, you know, it, and then I learned about Dr. Emoto of Japan and everything, how everything is so powerful. Yes. The energy and our thoughts and what we can do. And so I became a Reiki master Mm -hmm. and, um, it was along that time period that I, um, got myself off of prescription drugs and I don't recommend anybody do that. But one thing led to another with me and it was divine intervention. I totally yeah. see it, but I was taking some heart medication for over 15 years for a heart defect. Oh. And I learned that I could have, if I had all this power and I believed I, we all do and I was yes. a freaky master. I, um, I, I uh, cured my heart condition Um, through positive mantras and sound healing and got off that medication. And I have been off it ever since with no side effects at all. Don't have that condition, no heart palpitations, no, nothing of the sort. And so that was me stepping into that power of myself, knowing that I can do almost anything as long as I put my mind to it. Yes.
0: (laughs) Yes. I 100% agree. Yes. And, you know, you mentioned about some interesting things that got me thinking. One was you were talking about the demonic attack in the beginning, you know, of your exploration, um, away from, you know, religion at the beginning. And then you spoke about the afterlife and how people talk about how like they kind of create their afterlife, whether it's a heaven or a hell. Mm -hmm. And that's been my experience too. My experience has been like that, Yeah, I've encountered actually things like demons and stuff like that, but I found that it was all controlled through, like you said, my own personal vibration that I was putting out. So like when I astral project, for instance, at the beginning, when I had no idea what I was doing, I would encounter some pretty scary things. But then I learned that I could actually in the moment radiate love and dissolve all of that and immediately go into like a a pleasant more like heaven like experience.
1: Yes, exactly. It, it's true. We when we all operate at a certain frequency, we can only draw in that with which we're a vibrational match to. Yeah. And if we affirm ourselves in a loving vibration, we're only gonna attract that into our life. I agree.
0: And I kind of look at it, and you can tell me if you look at it differently, this is just the way that I view it. I look at it almost like we are, in, we are creating it. The way that I look at the world is that it's all a mirror of what's going on inside us. So when it's because of our you know lower vibrations or our negative feelings that we're feeling on the inside, that's actually being projected into the outer world, whether it's our physical world or on a spiritual realm, that's actually creating these entities in a way. What do you think about that?
1: I totally agree. It's
0: exact. I mean, I believe
1: that this is truly the science of how everything works. What you said right there. I believe that that science, and I'm not a scientist, but I think science has really come to terms with saying this is actually very scientific. I
0: would absolutely agree with you.
1: (laughs) We so are I'm, creating our reality. And that's, that. a lot of people, you know, that is pointing the finger at ourselves, But at the same time, it allows people to step into their power and realize that they can create this amazing life for themselves.
0: Yes, that's what it was for me. You know, I, I've had a life filled personally, I've had a life filled with a lot of difficulties and trauma and things that, you know, other people might think, oh, saying that I created it would be victim blaming. But for me, it was really just like being freed from shackles once I learned that.
1: Yeah. And, you know, we are in a world that's full of duality. And so this is how we maneuver through our life. We maneuver through the duality so that we can see what we, what feels good and what doesn't. It allows us to make those decisions and saying, okay, um, uh, this doesn't feel so great, <laughs> the consequences yes. of this sucks. And so we say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go, um, see what I can change in my life. And it's yeah. a wonderful, amazing thing because when we see something in our life, we don't like, or we're being, others are projecting, a, a something towards us or a negativity, or we're experiencing something we can say, Hmm, my reality is not what I, desire right now (laughs) where
0: within myself can I change this yes and you know Abraham Hicks for instance talks about how like the things that we don't want are just contrast and they send in their words send a rocket of desire out pulling us towards what we actually do desire what we actually do want to experience
1: yes exactly it's I always say it's like open and I think I got this term from her it's like opening up the vortex yes and we get sucked in and we pull get pulled in and the and the vibration that really creates that is our excitement yes our passion and that's what i'm always striving to teach people is to what is your passion what do you love to do what just lights you on fire because when you get in that vortex the universe only responds by giving you more things to be passionate about yes and so this is like you said earlier when you gave that amazing explanation was this
0: is the science of how it works <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I always th- I say the same thing. I say a similar thing. I say, you know, just follow your joy, follow your joy. Let that be your guiding. Yes, mm-hmm. truly. It is. Um. So I'm curious. I'd like to hear more about, because it sounds like, you know, you had all these experiences and then you gained this knowledge and I'm curious how you went from there to actually being able to, um, Because I don't know, we didn't really mention this, but you are able to communicate both beyond the veil and to um, entities on other dimensions, as well as like extraterrestrial or UFO. Yeah, um, well, that part
1: actually started when I was actually Catholic, a lot of psychic mediums and people that are channels or have this ability, they often pick it up when they're children, they, you know, children will see into the spirit realm or they've had experiences. And I didn't have very much of that at all. I I don't think I had anything of the sort, but it was when I became a Catholic and I learned about the doctrine of purgatory purgatory is like a middle ground between, um, when a person passes on before they enter heaven in catholicism they don't believe that anything impure can enter heaven and so most souls go to purgatory and not to be confused with hell it's not the same thing right um there are levels to purgatory um and so basically a soul when it passes over goes to purgatory and this can be a for a, for a long time and then they transition into heaven Well, when I learned that belief in uh, Catholicism by watching a famous woman in the Catholic uh, church, her her name, her first name is Sandra. Gosh, I can't remember her last name. She's an elderly woman now, but she died and passed over and she was shown purgatory. And she came back and she wasn't very religious. Um, She was Catholic, but not very religious. And she came back and she started... um, well, later on, a little bit, uh, she started talking about it, and um, it was her testimony that I listened to, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is fantastic!" You know, and um, and so I went to bed one night, and I started praying really hard for my family members and all the loved ones that I had lost, just in case they were in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I would just do the Our Father Who Art in Heaven prayer, and. it touched me very deeply and I felt so excited and going back to our belief system, you know, that, that is very scientifically backed up is whatever you focus on gets bigger. Right. And so I was so focused on the deceased that I think that that's what triggered my gift because the more you focus on something, the more you bring it into your reality. So it was during that time period when I would wake up and I would be saying a person's name that I did not know. And I was like, my goodness, what is that? You know, sometimes I would see a face and sometimes I wouldn't. And automatically I just kind of figured, well, maybe it's a soul in purgatory that needs help. So I would say a rosary or our father um, and uh, for that soul. And then I wouldn't be bothered. You know, they wouldn't happen again. Well, a very funny thing happened. Uh, this is a funny story, especially if you're a baseball fan. Uh, one morning, I woke up saying the name Ty Cobb, and Ty Cobb was a famous baseball player. Interesting. Uh, yeah, and, um, and I said, my goodness, Ty Cobb. I said, I know this name. I said, this is a famous baseball player. I was <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> huh. So I, uh, I said a rosary for Ty Cobb. And uh, didn't have, you know, anything happen until one day I went to the to church. I was meeting up with a group of gals and we had a prayer group and I went into the chapel and I, uh, it, I was waiting for everybody to arrive and it was a hot day and I was kind of hot and tired and I dozed off my, you know, my head kind of dropped and dozed off. And as my head was dropping and I dozed off, I had a flash of a vision in my mind of a man in an old baseball uniform, throwing a baseball. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I said, it's that guy again. Wow. And this was the first time I had it actually happen where I was like, almost like a vision, you know, like an intense dream that really kind of, you know, uh, woke me up. And I said, oh my gosh, what was that guy's name? I could not remember. So I went home and I went on Google and I, I tried to type in, you know, baseball players from, you know, a long time ago. And I looked through the list and his name popped up and I was says, oh, my gosh, Ty Cobb. And so I said another rosary for him. And then I decided I was going to have a mass said for him. So in Catholicism, if you have a mass, mass is the 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 church service that everybody attends. It's like going to church. But the mass is an intense ritual. Where they, um, and then they do the the bread and the wine and everything. And um, you can have a mass said uh, for a a person in purgatory. And this is the most powerful thing that you can do for the dead. Right. So I did. Uh, And then I got curious to find out about Ty Cobb. And I said, I'm going to read about his biography. And as I was reading his biography, I realized that uh, as I was reading, I saw that his wife's or his ex-wife, maybe, I think, I can't remember, her name was Charlie. And my name is Charlie. Even right. though people call me Calypso, most all of my friends, especially during that time, because in my awakening, I changed my name to Calypso, right. but every all of my friends have always called me Charlie. And that kind of stuck out at me like, oh, there, this is like a a sign, you know? Right. Yes. And, uh, and so I would have more instances like that happen. And it got so uh, big that a bishop and a bishop in New York started working with me. They realized that I had the gift, something special and i would be able to i was given permission by the bishops to call them and tell them that a soul needed to be have a mass said for them wow. and um they didn't charge me a lot of times sometimes the catholic church will charge you to have a mass said for somebody and these these bishops that i worked with they um they knew that my gift was true and they they knew it was an important gift and so um they would have the mass said for the the souls and i've had you know, famous people, others, other than Ty Cobb come to me. And yeah, but when that was happening, I didn't look at myself as psychic. Now I knew I had psychic dreams that have come true. Um, and and uh family members know that I I've had these dreams that were they you know if I say something you know if I bring it up it watch out cuz it could come true right. and it was usually nothing negative although I did have a dream prior to 911 um uh, but at the time I didn't realize what it meant and then two weeks you know when 911 happened I realized what that dream meant um so um so that's where it started And um, and then in the beginning stages of my awakening, I was not a psychic medium. I didn't practice that um, because I felt like I still had some fear programs to get over. I felt like perhaps I was conjuring the dead. So there was a good year there where I just did tarot cards and tarot readings because I'm an avid tarot reader. Right. And then uh, the following year on Halloween, I, I felt comfortable enough to open the door to the spirit realm. I real because I was having little instances where I saw that departed loved ones were trying to communicate with some of my clients and I would be a little inter, you know, I would help, you know, deliver yeah. some messages. And I realized that this was happening through love and I had nothing to worry about. My, I knew my vibration was in a good place. And so Um, It was during that time where I opened up the door and I've been practicing that,
0: um, that skill of mine um, ever since. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I've, I've been able to witness you do a few little brief readings through, through Facebook live.
1: And I was really
0: impressed. I also noticed that, um, that you have the ability to not just communicate beyond the veil to that level, but also to higher realms as well higher dimensional beings. Yeah, that is actually my passion. I, I, for me, this
1: is, this is where my, my, my soul is really opening up more. Um, I started. I I knew that I could do a lot of things through meditation and everything. And after yeah. I became a hypnotherapist, I started to learn very much how the conscious mind works and the subconscious and everything. So I learned how to get myself into, um, into almost like a self hypnosis, and or deep deep meditation. And I would learn how to uh, just start contacting and opening my opening myself up. Yeah. And the first time I did that, I did that with the fairies. <laughs> oh, wow. And I'm, yes, I believe in fairies. They do exist. And um, one thing led to another. And I developed an amazing connection with the fairy realm, the elemental world. Yeah. And I was able to do this so amazingly so well, it felt like, like, it felt like so fluid for me. Like, I had one foot in this realm and one foot in that realm. Wow. And it was so natural. And I even started to write a book on this. I have about 16 pages, but I am not an author and it's very difficult to write a book. <laughs> I want to so much, but it's not my, um, it's not something that comes easy with me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it was, it was that. And then um then I started to understand more about the UFO world and the UFO phenomenon. I had had an amazing experience with my parents when I was younger, we saw a UFO and there was a time period in my childhood where I just checked out every book out of the library (laughs) and read everything I could. I remember wanting to be beamed up and, and go to outer space. And, um, and, and then of course, um, Through a religion, some religions are not pro UFO, if I can say that they don't, they do, but they don't because it starts to open up a can of worms of questioning questions, you know? Right. And so I opened myself up to that and, um, I had a profound connection with some beings. I, um. You know, I had my kundalini awakening and my third eye was open and I was using my skills all the time. And, you know, we can do this. We can see things that we can't see with our eyes. Right. And my third eye, I could sense some beings on my roof. And, um, you know, through my research, I learned kind of what type of beings these were. And when I would communicate with them, they um, they let me know Um that they were a hybrid of reptilian and, um, uh, tall gray and, um, some aquatic beings. And, um, at at first my guard went up, I was like, Oh God, reptilian, you know, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of stuff on social media about reptilian (laughs) and, you know, I, I don't fall into fear. I'm, I'm so open and i think that's an uh, i think that's a gift that i have cuz i'm um, i'm just so open to to trying things and to exploring and i because i know i'm doing something with love and i'm not falling into fear so i continued to communicate with these beings right and they told me that their names were Montauk, m o n t o k interesting and- I said, OK, and um, and so this went on for a couple of weeks and I and I even heard sounds on my roof one day and I ran downstairs and told my husband, you know, I tell him everything he knew, right. he kn- knew that I was communicating with these beings. And <laughs> some days he's probably like, oh, my God, she's lost it. <laughs> and I was like, did you hear it? I could hear them. they're up there.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yeah. And so I said to these beings, I said, OK. Um, and they, they gave me a long, and I won't go into it, but they did give me a long, uh, kind of spiel (laughs) about what they were doing. And basically they, they reside in British Columbia and parts of Alaska. They are learning. They're part of the hybrid program where they come to earth and they, um, and many of this, and you may want to talk about this in one of your podcasts because it's fascinating is the hybrid program is where men and women of earth have been taken aboard ship either through abduction or, you know, sleep time because they're, of course, their technology is amazing. They can do anything and they use our, our eggs and our, all of our reproductive things to create a hybrid of their species mixed with human or whatever else. And so They explained to me that this is what they were doing and that they were working with a lot of Native American women uh, in Canada. And, you know, one thing led to another. All of the information that they gave me, I started to research. And one thing opened up, you know, another door. And I was just astounded uh, because everything started to add up and to make sense what they were telling me. And of course I would have major synchronicities that would happen when I was doing this research into what they were telling me. I would look at a video and in the video um, that was um, a, an episode from a show that that talks about some you know, kind of beings that people are experiencing in Alaska and yeah. the Alaska triangle. Um, when I opened up that video, one of the guys' name was Gus and that's my husband's name. Right. Then the next episode that I put on to learn more information of what was going on, um, they were talking about Charlie, and that was my name, my right. name, you know. So yeah. these are the synchronicities that kept telling me, you're on the right track, pay attention, watch right. the signs, write the information down. Right, and, and, and you were finding evidence through your research that what they told you was true? Like, Yes, I wow. found that there was a lot of missing women in British Columbia, and one of the things they did tell me, and I found it a little hard to swallow in the fact that it was, it was like a little scary was that they, they kept these women. Um, uh, a lot of the adup- ab- abductions that take place, people are returned, you know, Yeah. Uh, or it happens in your dream time and your memory is white, but they were taking these women and so when I did my research on missing Native American women, there were a lot, but a, a lot of these were, of course, murders or,
0: or uh, you know, a lot of uh, bad things involved. Yeah, you know? Because there's also a lot of crime against yes, the Native American exactly. population, so... So they
1: told me and they didn't they don't have a huge number of them, but they uh, they have a small number of Native American women and they decided to keep them because they wanted that interaction with the children that they were creating. And they explained to me that they were giving these women everything, all their needs were being met. Maybe they chose women that didn't have families, whatever the case, but they allowed the women to stay with them. They, they supplied all their needs. Then the children were being reared by the human mother. And I did hear in some cases of abductees um, in their testimony that oftentimes the hybrid children would not survive because they did not have this uh, this motherly connection. And so these beings, they, they have these women, if they return them, I don't know. But what was amazing that I learned in my research was that these women, well, not these women, excuse me, that there was, um, somehow or another, you know, this is how our guides work. There was an article that popped up on my feed and it was talking about this, um, dna of certain of native american people um that only a handful if that they can trace their dna back 6000 years to to i think it and if i hope i don't get this wrong to like one uh one source oh Wow. And this was an amazing discovery for the DNA and science world because it traced the Native American DNA back so far over 6,000 years to the Beringian Strait, which I believe connected Alaska and the Asian world. Right. Or, uh, right. Yeah, I, I could be wrong about that. Um, and so that was another thing that made sense. And, um, and the other thing that was a mind blower was – their names were Montauk, M-O-N-T-O-K. And one day I just was happening to go on Pinterest. I love Pinterest. And I clicked on something completely not at all in this genre. I was cooking on something like Ghost or something. And I, um, when I clicked on it, I, I saw something to the right and it said Montauk, New York. And I said, what in the world, Montauk? But it was spelled M-O-N-T-A-U-K. Huh. And I said, what is that, Montauk? And I clicked on it. And Montauk, New York, it was a place that um, our government worked the Philadelphia Experiment. Really? Yes. It's a military base facility. It's closed down now. And then in the... um, I don't know exactly when maybe the seventies and eighties um, it became a project that was very intense. There are a few survivors from this project called the Montauk project and people, oh, if you're wow. busy, you can Google this. It was the government working with aliens and doing a lot, excuse me, experiments um, yeah. with the mind and Um, I mean, a lot of stuff where we get a lot of the underground military things that are going on. Right. And of course, it involved aliens. And I ran across a man who was part of that. His name is Stuart Swedlow. And um, I was floored. I was like, oh, my gosh, Montauk. And what was interesting was that when I did some of that research, I found that Montauk was actually that name in in New York that was it was named after Native Americans. Right. And that tied it in with the Montauk beings that right. I was connected with. Wow. So I I asked, you know, I did want to know why why are why do you guys have that name Montauk? Is it because of Montauk, New York? And they told me that that was around the time period and they were affiliated with some of the projects that were going on there. And I had the feeling that they were trying to tell me that, that, that is when they became a hybrid, that what, there were also a lot of work going on with aliens or our government to create a different type of hybrid species. And they, they are perhaps, uh, uh the fruit of that. Wow. Um and and then of course being that Montauk was named after a Native American res- uh, reservation or right. tribe mm-hmm. of Indians or whatever. So that was fascinating. That just you know that whole that whole experience just opened me up. Yeah. And then I asked them to to I said, "Can you guys come to my house?" <laughs> Not on my roof this yeah. time, but I'd <laughs> like to see you in the sky like right. flying. <laughs> And then one day, the, the actually the very next day, I walked outside, not even thinking anything, totally forgot I asked that to them in meditation. And I looked to my mountain, which is visible from our backyard, and over the, the mountain was a huge uh, cloud formation in a very strange shape. And we know that UFOs do kind of manipulate clouds um they kind of use them as cloaking or they're the cl- they can do a lot of things with the clouds and so we can we you people have seen this all over the world very strange yeah. clouds and I was floored I was like oh my god you're here I says I totally forgot I asked you <laughs> and I was a little scared and excited at the same time because here I asked them and they came and I have, a vid- I have a video of that and I have a photo of that. And um, when my girlfriend on Facebook saw it, she was floored and she, she did something with her uh, filter. She just kind of changed the coloring because uh, sometimes you can see a little bit more. Right. When she did that, you could see a light emanating from inside the cloud. Wow. And it was rainbow colors. And wow. it was just amazing. So that opened me up. To such an amazing world, and just you know, it's never ending. This is this is yeah. how life is when we start to open ourselves up to these amazing things, and knowing that we live in this amazing world where it's just not humans.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, it's it's like it's the best. Yeah, I agree. And I actually want to say something. I want to let the audience know something real quick, because you and I have had conversations off of this podcast. We've had that a really beautiful conversation just the other day. And then we've talked many times through chatting online and stuff about our beliefs and, um, and also talking about a lot of like the conspiracies going on in the spiritual <laughs> community and a lot of the conspiracies going on about our government and stuff. And so I was telling the audience the, on a different episode that I take what I hear from other people with a grain of salt, but I trust what you tell, what you say, because you're like me. You don't just blindly trust. You really dive in, do the like inner searching, really dive into meditation, really like figure out the truth for yourself through your inner world and also through obviously doing research. So it's not just like some conspiracy that you picked up. I trust that you actually did the the searching for yourself yeah yeah because because I I was speaking about you you know how you and I had talked about there's all this crazy conspiracy and false information out there and people just say whatever they want so when you talk about this I just know that some people listening may be like okay well that sounds a little bit like some of the conspiracies but you really do like communicate with this with this other side and you really do go through meditation and do your own inner searching you don't just take what other people are saying right yeah, it is it's yeah.
1: it's and I, I sometimes wonder if it's a fault of mine because i see so many people that just you know they take something as you know the god's honest truth yeah and for me i've always been the opposite i have to study something to find my way it, it, because I, I, I do believe in science and I do believe in, you know, having a well-rounded view. Yes. And so I just don't take everything with a grain of salt. I, I have to, I have to do my research and that helps me find my way. Yes. Um, and so sometimes I've had to, do a lot of research to come to terms with a belief. Do I believe in this, you know, right. Right. but my guides are so, you know, they're, and everybody's guides are like this. They are always working with this. They know, and you know, truth is subjective. Everybody's truth is different. Yes. But with the conspiracy stuff, we have to be careful because it is a fear-based program. Yes. There are conspiracies that do have good amounts of truth to them. You know, they start out as a conspiracy, but if people are smart, they use their research to back up a a, a conspiracy theory. Yes. Um, you know, and it's that investigative stuff that is really important, I believe to when you come across something that's a little bit out of our norm, you know? Yes. Um, but conspiracy theories, yeah. I'm not into them, you know, but a lot of people will say aliens is a conspiracy. Our government working with aliens is a conspiracy, just like I I discovered with the Montauk Project, you know, right in New York. Right but you know, if when you do your homework, you'll find that this was also the military base of the Philadelphia experience right, right. Uh, experiment, and this is you know definitely been collaborated that our government tried to do this, you know, and they've mm-hmm. made movies about it. So, you just have to, you know, you have to find what resonates. But I always tell people, with when it comes to um really intense different things that may fall into the conspiracy theories, is to um to beware of the fear program that goes along with that giving your power away because um we are meant to find what resonates with us we are actually meant to try to find our own way and when you give your power away to something larger than you you get sucked into an opposite type of vortex (laughs) yes where it's just you, you start to lose your power and i find with conspiracy theories it, it drops into victimhood mentality yes and i don't like that <laughs> yes. um or I, like I don't some like that and this yeah. is what's going on now sadly with the virus and in the v <laughs> that a lot of people um are falling into a fear-based program and losing their power and for me, I'm, I'm looking at life a little different. I, I know that I have to maneuver through this life Yeah, <laughs> and I don't want to maneuver through fear. Yeah, So anything that I do um, and I did take the V, not that that's important, but I did take the V and I did it with love. I did it with gratitude. Yeah. And I find that whatever we do with love
0: and gratitude, only good things can come of it. I agree with that. And I just want to clarify something because, you know, I don't want this to be take this whole thing. This whole conversation that we're having is very important, but I don't want it to be mistaken or taken the wrong way. There's a lot of stuff on the internet that like, there's there's all kinds of stuff on the internet that's not true there's all kinds of stuff so doing your own research not only you can't just take things that you find on the integral on the internet at face value you really have to learn discernment and you really have to learn to to be able to tune into your inner knowing because the truth of the matter is is that we are all connected to that infinite intelligence and like you know this is the same thing as kind of like the um Akashic records and stuff like that, we all can tap into the all of the knowledge and all of the universe through ourselves. And we have to learn how to do that, because that's where the truth resides. And so, you know, you have to use that kind of like, com- like, coupling of finding evidence in the outside world that backs up what you are trying to find, you know, that what you're trying to discover or whatever, but yeah. also use that inner knowing because you can find evidence to everything. You can find yeah. evidence to any belief. You choose a belief and you're going to be shown evidence somewhere out there. There's evidence for that belief out there. Yeah. So you exactly. have to be very careful about that.
1: Yeah, it's true. And you have to be very you also have, have to have a you know the voice of reason and logic as well. Yes. I think, you know, a lot of people we have the tendency when we fall into the, or have a, have an awakening, there is the tendency to totally give your power away to a movement. And we've seen this many times. Um, And we have to realize we're children of earth. We have to maneuver through this life. We have this amazing ability to create our reality and everything. So I tell everybody, um, you know, why would you want to create, uh, you know, a reality for yourself where you feel like you're losing your power, your fault, you're, you're becoming a victim. The world is against you. The government hates you. Um, we have the power to change that. Yes. And so I've seen a lot of that, you know, uh, just sitting back and watching, especially these last two years, which have been very, you know, you know, amazing and difficult and, 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 and just kind of like, wow. But, You know, everybody will find their way. They will find their way either, you know, because that's how it works here. We have duality. People will learn. And when you realize you're an immortal, immortal, spiritual being, and you, you, uh, you know that you're going to, you're going to want to come back and experience maybe a lesson that you missed the mark on maybe in another life. So I don't worry about a lot of stuff. I really truly don't. I don't worry about it. And I think what is really important is that people perhaps maybe in this, in the spiritual community have lost sight of is that we do have to go through this life. We have to maneuver through it. And when we, um, you know, there, I, I truly believe that as we, you know, go through many of these years to come that w- many things are going to start changing. And, uh, this, this may trigger a lot of people. I feel like a lot of people will be triggered by the changes just as we are changing our consciousness and we're getting rid of things in our life that don't serve us. So it is with what we're seeing take place at the world level. Many things that have been going on for years and years and years, are no longer serving for the greater collective. So there's a collapse taking place. I agree. You have to, hold the energy that I always say of water, which is very fluid, be able to bend and move and don't be rigid, just kind of maneuver through this life um, and drop all fear, you know, but yet stand in your power and you're going to be okay. But if, you know, there's going to be always different opinions about a lot of things as we go through um, these stages of the awakening for our collective. And if we can just stay in balance and not, fall into um,
0: division, I think we're going to do fantastic. I agree. And also, like, mind your own reality. So we like, we've been talking about several times throughout this conversation, we create our own reality. And so if we're focused on what everybody else is doing, or what everybody else is believing, that's affecting our own reality. So we it's our job to mind our own reality and create what we want in our own reality. So it has that ripple effect and changes the collective. True. Yes, exactly. It does. You said it
1: again. It causes an amazing r- ripple effect. And, you know, even myself, I found myself getting caught up in some of the narratives that have been taking place over some of the hot button issues. And when I catch myself, I'm like, OK, OK. And I may have to voice You know, sometimes I've been voice. I have voiced my opinion, you know, yeah, um, on certain things. But it, and when push comes to shove, I have to remind myself to straddle that middle ground, not from a place of, um, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, where, where people just want to ride the middle and they don't want to have an opinion at all. <laughs> I, you know, I believe yeah. we should all have our, our opinions. And sometimes we need to voice those opinions because we may be the voice of reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah definitely. But again, everybody has their own truth, but you know, this is this is what we do. We um we follow our heart, we voice our truth, we live our truth and we yeah. start to expand our consciousness and it cause co- it causes like you said an amazing ripple effect and those people
0: that resonate will hear our message and yeah. those who don't they they will find their own way. Exactly. And, and just to piggyback off of that, I just want to add, be being the guiding light, you know, you do your reality and lead with love and pure intention to be a guiding light. So that way others can see you clearly, and learn from you and turn on their light. Yes, I I try
1: to. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're doing
0: a great job. (laughs) Thank
1: you. I try, you know, and the other thing too, I think I'd like to close with is, is, um, I always tell people too, you know, there is this tendency to always move towards the light, move towards the light. And I realized, a, a, I realized a pattern in that, uh, from my religious days is that we as humans, we, we harness duality within our very being. And we also live in a world full of duality. And I always try to tell people, um, as they're doing their shadow work and everything, don't be so quick to just get rid of your shadow because it is your very essence to harness um the dark and the light to integrate it and love everything about yourself right and don't shame yourself and feel like you have to get rid of the things that you have labeled dark within yourself right. or and because when we do that we fall completely out of judgment um when we 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 don't judge ourselves anymore we love all of the attributes that we possess within our very being and so we're able to also love the attributes attributes of other people and it it allows us to maneuver through our life without holding severe judgment of yes. others because yes. we're not judge- we have learned not to judge ourselves Yes, because there is a tendency in the spiritual community to, to as well to always want to fix and correct everything. Yeah, that they deem uh, uh, negative. And I have learned to incorporate the negative and to yeah. understand some days I'm just going to be, uh, I'm just going to be like, not happy, or I may have a day where I'm just really angry. And I, 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 I say, okay, how is this serving me? It is serving me because maybe I need to set some clear boundaries. It is serving me because I can recognize that maybe there's something I need to address within myself that I missed, but I'm going to own it and I'm going to hold on to it. And then I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Um, And this is how we maneuver through our life. It's through our, um, our feelings, our emotions, all the visceral stuff that we go through, uh, such as life. Yes. And, um, I am not going to eliminate anything. I'm just going to keep moving and keep rolling and, 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 um, expanding my consciousness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, um, yeah, that's just perfect. (laughs) That's really perfect. And okay. So I, I wanted to say earlier that, um, you have a YouTube channel where people can hear you talk a little bit more about like the UFO communications—if that's something that they're interested in—do you not? Yes, I do, and that is something that I'm more prevalent about talking about these days. Because
1: as we maneuver through these next few years, I truly feel that that open contact will happen, not on a giant scale, but on a smaller scale. And it's something I'm trying to bring the awareness to uh, on my channel. So yes, I do have a, a YouTube channel. It's called Calypso Tidings and Tarot.
0: Okay. And that's, um, then that's on YouTube. Yes, it is. And the same name is also on my Facebook. Perfect. And then people can also reach out to you for um, your other services, like the psychic mediumship services, tarot readings, yes, and tarot reading, and uh, relationship readings and medium
1: sessions. And I was doing hypnotherapy sessions, but I'm going to wait until we move and then I can have a facility where more, where, where, yeah. where my clients can actually come.
0: That makes sense. And also, I just wanted to ask you one last question before we wrap up. And that is if anybody in the audience is more um, interested in developing like their psychic mediumship or being able to communicate with other entities like UFOs or angels, do you have any advice for them? Uh, My advice is to be true to yourself, especially if you're opening up a door to
1: the, let's say the spirit realm or, uh, you know, entities. Um, of course, do everything with an open mind and through love. But if you don't, if you find that you're struggling in life, if you are struggling with depression, anxi- se- severe uh, anxiety or, P, um, you know, PTSD, um, you know, you perhaps may have addiction where you're just really struggling through life, I would say do not open that door, you know, um, work on. Your self-love, self-worth, self-confidence, find your way in your belief system. Uh, I think it's important to raise your vibration, you know, in, in the aspect of talking about yourself, you know, le- learning to love yourself. Because there are so many people that don't, that have a lot of shame when they, uh, when they deal with, the, you know, anything about themselves, Um, and their past if we're if we're in a lot of victimhood mentality we have a lot of guilt and shame you could open up a door and like i said earlier when i was explaining how i i incurred that attack um i was it was like my spiritual immune system was very low and so I, i i i got an attack so anybody that's wanting to enter these places of um you know, the spirit world and opening themselves up to that, I would just have to say, you know, know thyself. Take, take care of yourself, get to a place where you feel confident in everything about your life. You have a lot of more joy and happiness in your life. Of course, it's, you know, it's fleeting. Sometimes we, where it's like, you know, we're up and down and not always happy, go lucky, but you know what I mean? If you're, you've totally seen that you have had a change in your life and you're experiencing more joy and happiness, open those doors because it will serve you. And you will find some amazing, amazing realities um, that you've tapped into, and it will all help you too, because many of these realities that we open ourselves up to are um, are reflections of our own soul, and that
0: is exciting. So that's my advice. (laughs) Great. Okay, I love that, and I will go ahead and leave your website. information in the show notes so people can find you I'll you. also put your YouTube channel in there so people can easily find you
1: yes I'm a new new YouTube channel so any new subscriptions that I can get that's fantastic I'm trying to get to a thousand because then I can go live yeah and that is an exciting time when we can go live on YouTube and and <laughs> really start to open up more yeah. of that community you know Yes.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. Well, thank you for being on. I will definitely have you on as a guest again. I had so much fun talking to you about all of this.
1: Thank you. I've had a blast with you. I think you're doing such an amazing work and it's an important thing to to really talk about because it is just it's something that so many people are going through an awakening and there's so many amazing things that they can learn and you're bringing that to people. And I think that's fantastic.
0: Thank you so much. Okay. Well then I will talk to you soon. Thank thank you you so much. Lots of love and light to everybody listening. And
1: thank you so much, Karina. Okay. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. This is a weekly podcast with new episodes released every Wednesday. Please rate five stars on your favorite podcast platform and share this podcast. If you would like to reach me about my coaching and mentoring programs, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Karina LeVon. To be featured on this podcast or for other inquiries or feedback, please email me at, beyondstardustpodcast. at gmail.com. See you next week.